Hi, this is Sherry. Thank you for joining us again this month for another Topic Talk session with Jenna and Bentley. And just as a reminder, this is a grown-up podcast with grown-ups using grown-up language and talking about grown-up subjects. So please self-regulate in terms of whether you're going to listen with your headphones or pick another time when there are no other people in the room that maybe shouldn't hear it. And also today we'll be talking about some emotions, anger, fear, and some of the other emotions that go along with that. So if that's something that may be a problem for you, just to keep that in mind before you listen any further. And I would like to welcome back both gently, gently. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bradgelina or whatever. The- yeah. <laughs> Jenna oh. and Bentley. It's been that kind of day. That was, that was gently. Perfect. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that was good. That was good. I like that. Well, ladies, it's been a while since we've met up, and I, um, I feel like we we haven't had a chance to catch up. But um, I just want everybody to know that we talk about things that we have experience with and things that are things that come up for us in our life. We are by no means experts. We're talking about our experiences. So just keep that in mind as you're listening today and anytime that we have, well, anytime on my podcast, it's all about people's own experiences and their stories. So just because we have something to say about something doesn't mean that you have to agree or that everyone else has to do it the same way. So first off, we're going to start talking about anger and about things that trigger anger. And I guess we could put it in a perspective of if it is something that goes on in your personal life that triggers anger and something in business. And do you edit yourself? Do you handle yourself differently with your anger in a business type situation than you do in a personal situation? Who wants to start? (laughs) (laughs) I'm reminiscing. I'm reminiscing of days in in the, in the corporate world in the, in an office. I definitely, I have to say I've obviously like changed how I approach anger, especially over the past couple of years, circling back to how I handled it in business sense, had a typical office job, nine to five, so on and so forth. And I worked in a school, so you got to be a little careful, you know, more careful there with kids, not to say that I would (laughs) let my anger just (laughs) run rampant in any um, (laughs) office setting, but Within that context, I mean, you definitely, I mean, everybody faces it, right? You get your buttons pushed or you're working on something or your boss is breathing down your neck and or whatever the situation is. I definitely minimized how I reacted to difficult situations at work. I guess it was sort of at the same time I had just started discovering yoga. So I was learning how to handle my emotions a little bit better, but okay. You know, in those kinds of situations, you can't just have a complete meltdown or or freak out on somebody. And there were definitely days where I had to close the door and I'm like, I need to not be near people because I'm at my, I'm at my like complete wit's end here. And I've, I had closed the door and I would cry and let it out. And then I'm like, (laughs) all right, I got to, I got to pull, get my you know, get my shit together and, um, and go back to work. But it's kind of, it was challenging because you really have to, 
you know, you're in a business setting, you're in an office setting, and you can't just react in any way. You have to learn how to handle it, I guess, like appropriately. Obviously, you have to handle it with some sort of respect. But I also learned within that contest context not to take shit from people. And I learned how to handle, uh, I learned how to turn my anger into more confidence, I guess, if that kind of can translate to the sense where I would, um, I I learned how to go from getting very frustrated and having those emotional breakdowns to how can I channel that anger or frustration into standing up for myself. It's a little baby 24 year old, three year old working in an office being pushed around and told what to do. Um, But I learned how to channel that anger. I don't even, I mean, like anger, frustration kind of goes hand in hand here into how to um, be a little more calm, be more respect, um, full, respectable and respectful and move through them in, in that context, if that makes sense. And that was quite the learning experience. And so let me ask you this. Do you think that you sort of internalize some of that anger? Oh yeah. Um, so, so what did, it out. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so then what did you do say when you were no longer in the, in the environment then to sort of dissipate the anchor? I went to yoga. <laughs> um, I, I figured I figured that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, but I, but even then, um, I just I learned how to really take a step back, right? I learned how to go, okay, this is a tough tense situation. I need to take two steps back, I need to sit down, I need to breathe, I need to assess what is going on, and then move from there in a, like a calmer way. But it wasn't because I had to, it was because I knew that that's the best way for me to handle those situations. But it took me having a number of meltdowns. And I'm sure we've all been there when we've closed the door or gone into like the break room or, or whatever, whatever it is, and had just like an emotional breakdown, because that happens to me many, many times, you're just under so much stress under different contact. But I got really good at really separating myself from the situation and like assessing it and saying, okay, how can I channel my frustration into getting shit done, and not letting my emotions dictate my actions, like think more calmly, and just in, in more ways like that. So how about you, Jenna? Well, a lot of what Bentley was saying was I could answer, you know, very similarly. As far as in a business setting, there's a handful of situations that I would have to deal with when I was still working um, in the office with my husband, where we would receive phone calls from customers who were angry or vendors who were angry, you know, any sort of situation that you deal with on a daily basis. And what my initial response would be if I was getting yelled at over the phone, which would usually be the only time that I would get angry at any sort of situation at the office, is I would just completely like, I would see red, like I would, my heart would start to race. I get a very physical Mm -hmm. manifestation. It's more so out of feeling like there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Like I can't Mm -hmm. sit here and scream back at this individual. Like I can't, and I won't, like I'm not that type of person. So I'm just going to like take all this in and it's like physically affecting, affecting me. You know, there's times where Mm -hmm. my heart would start to race. I would want to start crying. I wouldn't be able to put words together because like I was so angry and so frustrated. And in those situations, you know, sometimes I would just end up hanging up phone. You know, if you're going to continue to yell at me, we can talk later and I would hang up. There's situations where I would put the individual on hold and pass it over to my husband and be like, I'm not dealing with this motherfucker. So you can handle it. Or you handle going to- it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's great at handling that kind of stuff, which is perfect. And as the person that runs the business, he can take all that responsibility and, <laughs> and yeah. choose, choose how, right. you know, how to handle the customer or the vendor. Sherry, you stole my buzzword. I internalize. Like I completely take anger, frustration, all of those emotions. And I just pull them inside and I hold on to them. And then you would ask Bentley, like, what do you do? What do you do when you leave that situation? How how do you you dissipate the emotion? And, uh, 
And my answer, (laughs) you've caught me me at like a really tricky time personally. And my answer is I don't, I don't. Yeah. And I, in the last few weeks. You hold on to that then. Forever. And so in the last few weeks, and I've always kind of known that I've termed my condition, like emotional constipation. <laughs> like, a hell of a term. Wow. Like I don't let, I don't yeah, let I, it out. I have you to don't say, let it I out. Heard, I've heard that before. I've never yeah. heard that. The good, the bad, the indifferent. Everything. Like I, everything. Yeah. And it's something that I um, have decided that I'm going to start the process of like getting into. Cause that's not where I want to be. Like I want to be mm-hmm. able to feel the highs, feel the lows, like, process it all, share it all, and like not just internalize everything. So that's why it's kind of a tricky subject for me, this podcast. And my reason for not, Sherry, for not asking you to just leave me out of this one is because I feel like people can probably relate. Like, uh-huh. Oh, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to <laughs> I that. Th- yeah. So I, I, <laughs> here I'm going to say this. I appreciate you stepping mm-hmm. outside of the space of wanting to self-protect and and not do this and to be able to share because I think kind of what I'm getting at here with this is something we've talked about before is that as women, we're not always allowed to express our anger. Mm-hmm. Correct. And in situations where you're in business, I've seen men get mad and have a temper uh-huh. tantrum and everybody deals with it. But if a woman does it, you're emotional. Are you on your period? Yeah. Are you on your period? Is there, you know, and, and then you're labeled too emotional yep. or too volatile or, you know, Crazy. all of those things. So you both said to some of the same things that I remember doing, although I have a little less control than the two of you. Um, <laughs> The, I do yeah. now. I do now. <laughs> I did not. You know, I quite recently. I still don't necessarily have as much control, probably as I should have at my age and for my. Um... Who's, who's clarifying that? What at what age do you yeah. have to not react? Well, I, you know, like, I, I wish I didn't have so much control, right? Like, <laughs> I, I have, I've had some anger outbursts that have you know affected other people, and there have been people who have said, "Wow, I hope she's never mad at me." Um, well, don't piss me off. Don't for, piss me off. You know, for me, I have a pretty high threshold in terms of you know you can bounce it off of me and it might piss me off a little bit or you might say something that I you know and I might say something or not say something but when I've hit that level of it's Jenna it's like you said it's a it's a visceral physical feeling for Mm -hmm. me I go from zero to 100 and Mm -hmm. I am on fire yeah and so and and everyone knows I'm angry Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, they can usually. I know. <laughs> you're like a, are you like a cartoon character when like you start to like get red all the way up towards your yeah. uh, You know, I, I don't get red, but you know, people know it's, and it's like, if you mm-hmm. push me beyond that and I am a very, I'm willing to work with people. I'm, I love to do all that stuff. But when you've pushed me beyond my level, mm-hmm. I, I, I do not. I, I don't internalize it anymore. I yeah. can't because. Did you used to? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. What and in cer- and in, and in certain circumstances, I still do. Yeah. Because it's a self protective. Yeah. Mechanism. I'm discovering. Do you what know changed? when that change happened? Yeah. Um. Boy. 
for many years when I worked in technology, I worked around mostly men, mm. right? So when you work around stuff like that, the guys all, when they're pissed, they're pissed and they talk about being pissed and they get mad at each other. And so that's what I did because that's what I worked around. Mm -hmm. And when we were on a job site and there was no one else there, I mean, you know, you could get angry and, and not have to worry about it because the customer, the client wasn't there. Right. But there have been times where I've had to deal with people and, and <laughs> at work, I get people who say, can we come in and watch you yell at that person on the phone? Because poor customer service to me is, is one of the issues that I have a lot of serious issues. You're hitting a sensitive spot with okay, me. Okay. So, so I, and the art of customer service or customer service, I believe is, is suffering and slowly mm -hmm. dying to death mm -hmm. oh, because yeah. people, because people don't stick up or they don't say, you know, my thing is, is when I spend money, Mm -hmm. and I expect something, I expect you to follow up. Once you get my money, then you don't want to talk to me anymore. Well, that isn't really going to work for me very yeah. much. Everybody, I mean, my name tag at work says badass. Everybody else has a title. Mine just says badass. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I love you. So we had one of those scams that happened at work where the receipt mm -hmm. tape that we use for our point of sale system, somehow somebody agreed to sign up for something and it was supposed to be shipped regularly and they would send us a bill and we were supposed to pay for it. Well, that wasn't what we wanted to do. And I mean, this was a legacy thing that was before I was there. The woman that had signed, supposedly signed for it, hadn't been there in like four years. <laughs> and they were calling and harassing the people at the front desk for payment or harassing them about, you know, you have to accept this. And so they finally put the call through to me and I reamed the guy up one because he made one of the people at the front desk cry. And I'm like, oh, you know what? For one thing, me. you're not getting one fucking cent of my money. I don't yeah. want any more of that shit. I don't. Well, I have a sign. I said, you know what? I'm calling the SEC or the FTC, whatever it is. I'm going to call yeah. and report you because I said, you're harassing. I said, you don't have any proof. And I said, no, I'm not sending you one freaking dime. Mm -hmm. And I said, and if you call and harass my front desk staff again, I said, I'm going to climb through the phone and fucking choke you. <laughs> so I said, don't fucking call here again. Yeah. I said, if I hear from one more person at the front desk that you called, I said, I'm going to give the police your phone number. I love that. And I said, and you know what? He, and he kind of laughed. And I said, don't laugh. If there's That's anyone the who can find you, it's me. And I said, and I will become your worst fucking nightmare. You know, okay. that kind of shit drives me wild. I do yeah. not like it when it's poor customer service or when someone calls and harasses somebody that's answering the phone mm -hmm. and that's not their job. That's right. not their, they don't have the responsibility over that. Don't beat up the people at the front desk. Yeah. I mean, they get beat up enough by the, the people that come into the club that work out that are pissed off about something. Yeah. So, you know, those are the kinds of things and I lose control and that's, and people are like, you know, you stick up and you support people. And can we come and watch you while you yell at someone on the phone? It's you're like, drawing, you're drawing you, a crowd around Basically, your I have a small office and then, you know, get two people in there and it's like, it's a crowd. So, <laughs> but you know, there are times when I don't always really am aware of what the trigger is. Yeah, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And it happens. And then depending on the situation, sometimes I feel like I just have to swallow it. And the problem is, is that I feel like I can't swallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. can, it, I, can I lighten the mood? 
Yeah. <laughs> mood, yeah. We're talking about anger here, Jenna. I know. Yeah, I know. Jenna. No, this is this is an anger story, but it's really funny. Okay. So funny. I yeah, so I went through this phase where I just this was like maybe a year or two ago. I just felt like every fucking thing was going wrong right and it wasn't like big things like big life things but it would be like ruining an item or dropping my water or like things just like little things where the universe really really annoy you but it was like always happening right I love food like I love (laughs) I love food I love the and so and so I'm going, I love I'm, food too. <laughs> so well, there's, there's a reason I preface it. So I go to Chipotle and I order everything. Uh, I've got my bowl for myself, my husband, and I go up to the counter, everything's done. And I'm like, and I'll take some chips and guac. And they go, I'm so sorry. We're out of chips. You're a fucking Mexican restaurant. Yeah, How right. can you run out of chips? I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 and I don't like, I don't express my, like, I don't cry, like hardly ever. And so like, I just start welling up and crying. I'm like, forget it. I don't want my food anymore. And I like storm out of there. (laughs) Yeah. The best story ever. Talk about not knowing your trigger. (laughs) Right. Well, sometimes I think that when anger happens or strong emotions, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, whether it's sadness, whatever it is that sometimes it can be, it's like, you know, the little speck of fluff in Horton Hears a Who that Mm -hmm. that trips you over the edge that you didn't even see coming. But what's behind that is all of that shit that you've been collecting and just stuffing in, stuffing in, stuffing in, stuffing in. Totally. So, you know, a lot of times when anger happens, it's not really even over the thing that's presented itself in front of you. It's It's all that that shit that you put in the back seat and you just slammed on the brakes and it just came through and hit you in the back of the fucking head. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm so glad that you said that, Jenna, the way you like internalize everything, because that's probably how everybody or most everybody handles, whether it's anger or any emotion right they bury it they bury it they bury it they bury it and then all of a sudden that one little thing when there's no chips at chipotle you lose your mind (laughs) and you lose your absolute shit and you're like yeah why and and it could make you go crazy angry or send you out of chipotle in tears (laughs) right and (laughs) the poor girl behind the desk is probably like like, what the fuck just happened But that's, that's the thing. Like you never know what it is and it never is that, that situation or, you know, that little, that little event. But most people, because either they don't know how to handle their emotions, especially when it comes to anger in a healthy way, they're like, okay, I don't want to deal with it. Like I know families, like right families that don't want to have tough conversations or people who are in relationships who don't want to have tough conversations. And they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. And then they just brush it under the rug and they, Mm -hmm. you know, they bury it deep down. And then, then you don't talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, just gets fucking bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it fucking explodes, and you lose your goddamn mind, and you're like, "Why am I going absolutely crazy?" And you're like, "Oh, wait, that's because I've never talked about this, or I've never Mm -hmm. let it out, or I don't know how to deal with it, health, you know, in a healthy, calm way." And all, and then there's shit shit just hits the fucking fan. And then there's a and then then the the point you bring it up, right? Or the point that you bring it up, and the other person has no fucking clue that it was a problem or an issue. And they're like, "Wait, I didn't know you were mad about this." And you're like, "Oh no, it's been bothering me for so long, right?" And they're (laughs) like, "Yes, yes." You should really get better about talking about stuff like this because then it just causes these explosions, and then you can't 
talk during the explosion. You have to now wait for the explosion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to calm down. And yeah. then you ha- and then you have to go back and say, okay, now we have to dive deep. And now go, we have to where the hell, all of this and figure out what Where the hell it, did this all start? Yeah. And now you start discovering all these things that have been bothering you that, you know, that you've just been burying down. And it's like the, it's the, it causes so much emotional turmoil and distress. Yeah. And that's like, that's what breaks relationships and friendships and causes, you know, difficulty at work and all those sorts of things. So, well, mm-hmm. yes. And, you know, just like the thing with this guy calling to sell this receipt tape, he had called and talked to me and I told him, I said, I don't have a contract. I'm not paying for any of this. We don't, we don't need any, we've got plenty of receipt tape. I don't need. So he stopped calling and asking for me. And that's when he started calling and harassing the front desk. Here's my big hot point trigger for anger is anyone who treats someone else as less than, especially if they see them as being beneath them in terms of what they do for a job Mm -hmm. or a child. Mm -hmm. You know what? The first thing I do is I just fucking go wild. You don't Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. You don't treat someone as less than because they work behind a counter or they're bringing you your food or whatever it is. They're human beings. They Mm -hmm. have just as much right to respect and compassion and consideration as you do, you big fat fuck. (laughs) But... But so that for me, true. anytime I see that, I, mm-hmm. I, I I can't stand back and not say something. I, I, I literally have to. Well, to- you, you are hitting that right on the head because I have literally had every customer service job known to man in since I've been working. I have run front desks. I have been assistants. I have done uh, retail. I have done personal yeah. shopping. I have been a waiter. I have been a bartender. I've done all of it at li- almost every single customer service job. Um, I've done sales. I've done all of it. And I was raised, you treat, you know, like as you treat the janitor the, with the same respect, you treat the CEO and vice versa, right? Like to me, there is, there is no levels, but unfortunately, Majority of society does not see it that way. No. And it's infuriating. And if you ever, like, if I'm with someone and you treat a server terribly, I will cut mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I will cut you. Oh, well, because you see, everybody, everybody in society needs to work in retail and work in a restaurant yes. at one yeah. point in their life. And then you can talk. <laughs> well, and you know, it's so funny because I took my granddaughter to the Oregon coast in October. And when we went out to eat, I was teaching her to say please and thank you. And so when the waiter came up to ask her, because he asked me what I wanted to drink and he looked at her and he said, you know, what can I bring for you? Some milk? And I said, actually, I promised her some root beer. And, and you know, all she could say was root beer. And I root said, beer, yeah. can, can you say please? And she said, peas. So then when he came and he brought it and I said, thank you for my drink. And he set hers down in front of her. And I said, you know, what do you say? Thank you. Aww. So then he came and brought her, brought her her dinner and, you know, say please and thank you. And so when we got ready to leave, he said, you know, he said, I've never waited on anyone that's as polite as you are. And he said, and the fact that you're teaching her at such a young, she said, he said, she's a very polite little girl. And I said, thank you. I said, there's no reason or excuse to not teach your children good manners, to not say it, you know what? And and I say, please. And thank you all the time. And a lot of people don't do that anymore. And sometimes I get, you know, I get double takes from people because Mm -hmm. they don't expect it, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, just like you, I've worked in retail. I've never worked in food service. 
or so anything like that. It's the hardest job ever. I'm sure it is. But you know, for me, it's always anyone who brings me my food, who remembers what I eat, who remembers what I drink, who remembers when I'm having hives, I can't have, mm -hmm. you know, those people, it's like, those people are taking care of me. Mm -hmm. right. Why would I not want to treat them well? Right. Why would mm. I want to risk that somebody's spitting in my food? <laughs> Seriously, you're trusting these people with your food. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And not only yeah. that, it's like, you know, they're doing, a, they're providing a service that allows mm. me to be able to go out and have a meal that I don't have to cook and clean up right. after. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, gosh, Sherry. And when you were like, you know, it's not so hard to teach little kids how to be polite, but how many times have you held a door open for a grown ass adult and they don't say thank you? Oh, I do oh. it all the time and they don't say Nauseating. thank you. And when people do that for me, I always say thank you. Oh, always. And you know, well, it's even like done. hustle to the door if I'm like, yes. there's like that awkward yes. space. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like run to do it. Customer service is, is not what it used to be. And it's taking yeah. a mm. massive hit. Yeah. Well, kindness. And that's, that's a trigger. Well, kindness goes hand in hand with that. But that's a bit, I think it's a trigger for a lot of people because it's infuriating. Well, and I've paid good money for either a product or a service. Correct. And I expect to get the customer service to back it up so mm -hmm. that, but you know, some of these places, all they want to do is take your money and cut and run. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not very smart because then you've just lost me as a customer for any You're not building for the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. so here, here's one other thing I want to talk about. And, and this is something that I knew. And as yogis, we probably are more aware of this, maybe, maybe not, than people who are not as body conscious. But when fear, and as I was listening to this in the Mel Robbins audiobook, uh, Take Control of Your Life, she's talking about the fact that fear has a physical manifestation first. It starts somewhere in your body. It can be your stomach drops out, you get a pit in your stomach, it it hurts. Maybe your chest feels tight or your heart feels squeezed or your throat starts to clench and you can't swallow. And then it makes it to your eyes. So by the time it makes it up to that point, your, your, your mind has now recognized it. But when it starts in a different part of your body, your body is noticing, is triggering that fear response before your brain even knows what's going on. And so a part of her thing, and I think it's the same way with anger, right? I, Jenna, you described it as, as a physical response. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what's happening is that you're having whatever this response is in your body and then your brain realizes it and that's when you're on fire. Yeah. If you think about that and think about, as I was trying to kind of sort of unpack my fears, unpack things that make me angry or places where I've had an, an angry outburst for whatever reason, and starting to think about what if I'm more intentional with my feelings instead of letting them just, mm -hmm. is that I actually pay attention to what's going on in my gut before it makes it to my heart or my neck or my head and I'm on fire. Mm -hmm. And actually think about what that trigger is or what that coping mechanism is that this, whatever it is, triggers for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that you brought up a really good point, Bentley, about a lot of people do not know how to talk about their feelings. And right. that comes from your, your family, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about the things that happen, and, and I started thinking about the fact that no matter how many children you have in a family, if you have more than one child, those two children have different parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, for because sure. Because everybody parents different, right. right? As much as people say, oh, they're all the same. Every parent parents a little different for every child. Mm-hmm. Well, even the set so, of parents is different for chi- for each kid. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so then if you think about the fact that you could have grown up in a home where you weren't physically abused, nothing traumatic physically happened to you, but familial patterns, your parents and their own patterns of behavior created Mm -hmm. some sort of a response in you at a very young age. And so you developed these coping mechanisms for whatever Mm -hmm. was going on. Right. And it could be, it, it could be that it's very overt, that it's not anything that's actually said, but you might hear a fight, you, you know, dad may drink and just him opening the beer can or the the paper bag around the bottle of liquor or you know there are mm-hmm. there are things that are going to trigger you. and what you do is you go into whatever this coping mechanism this fight or fight mode is to be able to protect yourself right I, this mm-hmm. is what i need to do to so there are ways you can do that if i'm just perfect no one will know, you know all of these things that happen and so if you think about going that far back that's the thing <laughs> for me that has been like oh my gosh, where Mm -hmm. is this fear really coming from, right? If I'm all of a sudden feeling this fear when I'm dealing with something at work or I'm dealing with something in a relationship, whether it's a friend relationship or whatever it is, these fears are are coming forward. And I never, maybe I just wasn't aware enough of Mm -hmm. thinking about where they came from so that I could sort of think about, oh my God, I can feel that my stomach is starting to hurt what is it that's going on here that's triggering this reaction Mm -hmm. in me? When I look at how many things I, and I'm a very verbal person, but how many things that I haven't said in my life or how many feelings I haven't been able to express for whatever reason. And I, in my conversation with Erin, she was talking about, she gets angry at her silences. Mm -hmm. And that she comes away from an interaction or something that happens and she beats herself up over. And I do the same thing of mm-hmm. why didn't I say yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. How come you didn't do this? Why didn't, and then, and then that goes on in that reel in your head and you think any number of things can come up. But when she said that, it was like, that was sort of like this thing that really hit the nail on the head is those silences. And then you have those internal conversations and nothing ever gets resolved. Right. And then the fear of having to bring up a topic or to be able to talk about a feeling can be that thing where you either you try it and you get rebuffed Mm -hmm. or you can't even get to the point where you try and have a conversation about it because it's just too fearful to do that. And so then you continue to stuff that down, stuff that down and stuff that down. And so I think a lot of fear, I mean, and Bentley, you talked about this too Mm -hmm. at one point in time about getting married, getting the house, having the cars, Mm -hmm. having the stuff, the expectation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that in families, we have expectations of you have to do good in school. Mm -hmm. You have to go to college. You have to get an education. You got to get a job. You got to go out and you got to be an adult, right? And some people are more equipped to handle that than other people. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of that comes from modeled behavior in the family. So when you think about fear and your own fear, do you let that stop you from doing certain things in your life? Uh, It has. 
for sure. It's definitely uh, fear is a very very powerful weapon. Yeah, it is. Um, and it can keep you from doing almost anything, whether it's fear of failure, right? right. But it's also fear of what are people going to think of me, right? We put all this. Well, um, because we want to be accepted. Yeah, we emphasize like, oh, I can't put myself out there. I can't be myself. I can't do what I want because how is that going to be viewed? Is that going to be accepted? Are gonna, people going to be okay with what I'm doing, but we're always looking for this outside. Validation. Yeah, exactly. For this validation from others to confirm that what we're doing is the right choice instead of just saying, okay, I'm scared to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Screw what everybody Mm -hmm. else thinks, right? That's, that takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of confidence and um, I mean, courage. And, you know, you have to be willing to take that step knowing full well that you could fall flat on your face. So that I was very scared. You know, I've mentioned it before how I didn't want to live my truth because right. I was I had to walk away from the perfect little life that I had. That was a very uh, visual, right? I, my life was out there on everybody's got social media platforms. And I'm like, in, in one night, my whole life changed. So I had to be okay with going, walking away from it and saying, I am going to live the life that I want regardless of what people think. And at that point, I'm like, I have no idea how my parents are going to respond. I have no idea how my friends are going to react. I don't have any idea about anything, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm assuming that you just hit that point where it's like, I can't keep living like this anymore. You, you hit a wall. You hit a wall. Yeah. And I had many a breakdowns and and I kind of teetered. And I know others have been in this situation as well, but you, you teeter on this. Okay, I'm going to do it. Oh, no, wait. Reality's kicking and I need to go back to my life, right? No. Um, I can't live like this anymore. I'm miserable. I'm sad. I'm angry. I want a different life. And you take like one step forward and then three steps back kind of situation. And you just finally get to that point where you're like, as my mother would say, shit or get off the pot. Like you either do it or you don't (laughs) stop living in the middle, right? You know, you either face your fears and you do it or you, you have to say, no, I'm done and walk away from it. You can't, you can't live in. And I think a really hard place to be because it's very unsettling but fear can certainly keep you and I think it keeps a lot of people from from doing because it's not just the fear it's it's everything that's involved with it with which is the expectations right the mm-hmm. the val are you going to be validated in your choices which is irrelevant but that we put so much emphasis on that anyways the potential for completely falling flat on our faces and and having to, you know, come back with our tail between our legs and start over. You know what I mean? So it's right. There's all these elements that are involved with that. And I think that's what kind of creates the the force of fear. It's also interesting. I've been reading a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And she talks about two different mindsets, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset believes that I'm only going to do what I know how to do because if I fail, then people are going to think I'm bad or mm-hmm. that I'm not worthy or, you know, what it, when it comes right down to it, none of us want to be ostracized from the herd, right? Or mm-hmm. from the tribe. That's the thing is belonging. Nobody wants to, to be told that, that they can't be a part or, you know, they're, they're isolated. And I think that's a lot of what's happening for a lot of people right now anyway. Mm -hmm. But she also talks about the fact that they did this study with puzzles and young children, and they brought these kids in. And she said, the ones who had the fixed mindset, when the puzzles got too hard, they just shut down Mm -hmm. and they stopped doing it. 
because they were it got too hard or they were afraid to make a mistake or whatever it was. Then there was the little kids that were like, ooh, I was hoping for a challenge or this is going to teach me a lot about myself. That's considered a growth mindset. And those are the kinds of people that are like, well, you don't come into this world knowing everything. That's what education is for. Mm -hmm. And I need to be able to try things and that's how I learn. And I won't know if I'm proficient and, you know, all of these things. So I look at that and I look at things like fear and that fear of failure, fear of not getting a good grade on a test, fear of not completing something, Mm -hmm. fear of your dream sounding stupid or silly or undoable to someone else fear of actually being able to tell someone that you care about how you really feel about something Mm -hmm. and so that internalization that happens is really hard to unpack Mm -hmm. so i look at that and i think you had it right on bentley too about the seeking of approval Mm -hmm. and what a hard road that is to go down so how do you handle your fear when it's something that's really scary the same way i handle anger (laughs) (laughs) you you internalize it it. internalize it i think that fear no i know i know fear has kept me from doing a lot with my life Um, missed opportunities as far as yoga goes as far as I would say mainly that, you know, as far as that Mm. career goes with that, not thinking that I'm qualified enough or good enough. And I have to like keep reminding myself of, it's just like a quote that went around, right. That I had, I think I reposted. It was like, there are people less qualified than you doing what you want to do. Doing the things you wish you were doing. Yeah. 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 And I see it every day and it frustrates the hell out of me. I'm like, oh, this person just barely graduated, blah, blah, blah. And they just barely got their way to They've got all these opportunities. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing, Jenna? You're not, you're not out there trying. Like you're, you're holding yourself back. You're in your own way. Yeah. So then I just get mad at myself and I beat myself up about it. And I'm like, well, everything's fine where it is. Like, I don't need more. I don't want less. Like I'm good here. You know, I'm content. Like nothing's wrong. I'm, I'm safe. Funny how your fear and your anger just sort of made a complete circle there. Yeah. You got you're fear, you're scared of doing something and then you don't do it and you get mad at it yourself. Right. right. It's sort of right. This, like full circle yeah. and you're well, like that's, this, that's how do you get out? Mean, girl. Yeah. yeah. And that's like and like and like I said earlier like that's why like I'm in this place right now where I know that like these are things that I need to work on. Like the mm-hmm. not need to for society or need to for any reason other than I know that I can I can do better. I can be mm-hmm. and I when I say better, I mean like as far as what I visualize what I want out of myself and what I want right. out of my life. Like that's what I mean by better, not like society standards yeah. or putting pressure on me. Like I know that like this is like how I am acting or reacting is not how I want to be acting or reacting. Correct. And there's some work there's work that needs to be done and I mean I have no problem admitting that and probably it's probably better to put it out there. Right. Well, and I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's a lot of people out there that need to work on that, that you're not alone in that by any stretch of the imagination. And the interesting thing to me is that I think it's very intentional when you're able to say, I know this is what's going on, right. To have the capacity to be able to say out loud or to write it down or whatever it is. I know this is what going this is what's going on and I want to be the best version of myself that I can and this is not helping me get to that point. So mm-hmm. what do I need to do to be able to unpack it, address it, take care of it and hopefully move forward. I have another interview that's coming up pretty soon and one of her lines 
really struck me. I said, what is it that you would like women to know more of in their life? And she said that you can be afraid and brave at the same time. I love that. And I was just like, okay, that's great, mm-hmm. right? You can still be afraid, but you can also be brave. Do it anyway. At the same time. Have you seen the um, Nike, the commercial that Nike released with Serena Williams? No, uh, I, I don't watch it. You have to see this commercial. And okay, it, I'll go it, look it, for it. It it talks kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Where you're like, oh, women can't show their emotions because they're labeled crazy or they're angry, oh, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So Nike just murdered this commercial. It's one of my favorites, but it's Serena. Will- it's all these um, athletes, these these incredible female athletes who are absolutely losing their shit because Serena like busted her racket one day. She was mad, right? right? Mm-hmm. And some so there was some argument, and so she's like seen, you know, yelling at the ref. She was and, yelling at she was re- yelling yeah. at the line judge. Yeah, that so was in was that Wimbledon. I don't know what it was. It was one of those, but the commercial yeah. is so profound because it's like, uh, you know, women can't we can't show emotion because we're labeled crazy, or right. we can't do this because we're labeled this, so on and so forth. And at the end, it's like just do it anyways. Like, I mean, you have to you have Google. I'll, have, I'll go up and find it on YouTube. Right but, when you, know, you but, said that. I immediately thought of that commercial and I'm like, it's true. We can't, you know, we're, we have to be fit into these tiny little boxes and we can't expand out of it because then we're labeled all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, men get to do it and they don't get labeled the same way we do. This is bullshit. There it is. That is bullshit. Yeah. And um, it's really, it's a powerful commercial. Like they really did a good job with it. So you have to check that out for sure. I'll have to check that one out. But mm-hmm. I, I look at that and I, I think about all of the things. We all three of us do some of the same things. And it's not just the three of us. There's a whole lot of women out there that are living their lives the same way. And it, it's that societal thing of you can't be too loud. You can't get angry. You can't mm-hmm. be too passionate. Yeah. You can't you you know, you you can't you can't say controversial things because mm-hmm. you know, you gotta stay in the, the stay in the middle of the road or stay within the lines of the box. And I'm like, yeah. what box? Mm-hmm. And I don't color inside the lines, but thanks Screw for you and up. your box. Yeah. But I mean that truly is, and so we that is the message that we get from our family. Mm-hmm. that we get from society that we get marketed to us right mm-hmm. so think about all the things that we get we get heavily marketed to about buy the house mm-hmm. have the kids get the dog you know add on to the kitchen the you know all of those things you know buy this clothing or go mm-hmm. on this trip or whatever it is and and that is supposed to then make you feel accomplished or happy or successful or whatever it is. And most people are like, yeah, I'm still not happy Mm -hmm. or I'm still angry or I'm still sad or I'm still Mm -hmm. afraid or, or whatever it is. And because they're not um, actually dealing with anything. Correct. Correct. You know, as women, it's really easy for us to armor up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always took my armor and my toughness as a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. And I had a therapist one time who told me, she said, Sherry, when someone tells you that you're tough, she says, that's not a compliment. And I was like, well, fuck now what? Yeah, great. Thanks. This is what I've been developing. And you just told me this isn't good. So (laughs) screw you. But the whole thing is, is that I learned that in order to be able to have the sort of connection in my life that I craved, I couldn't be wearing that armor all the time. Mm -hmm. 
that I had to, I had to let it go. And that being able to build up that armor wasn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a really, that was a really hard thing to do. And to be vulnerable is, is really scary. And I'm trying to think about which yoga teacher that I heard talking about having a strong back and a soft front. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting sort of way to put that, mm-hmm. that you can be strong and soft at the same time. Totally. Um, well, Jenna. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. What do you I'm, hope, I'm hoping that you, as you go on this journey, that you can approach it from a space of just curiosity about learning a little bit more about yourself and being able to let go of some of that stuff that you've yeah. been carrying around. Because I know what that's like, and it's not easy. And it's one of the, I think the most bravest things that you can do is to be able to, I don't care whether you admit it to anybody else. I mean, I think it's great that you were here and you admitted that, but the the bravest thing to do is to admit it to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to then say, I deserve better, or I want to be better, or Mm -hmm. I want to feel better, whatever it is. But just being able to make that admission to yourself is that's, that's a hard, hard step to take. So I'm, I'm proud of you for being able to do that. Thank you. I've, I've been sitting here for what, 50 minutes with literal knots in my stomach. Like (laughs) the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a heavy topic for me. Like it's, it's, yeah. Well, it's a, you know, it's it's a heavy topic. It's a heavy topic period. I mean, it just is just like given like my newfound like realizations, it's just, you know, it's a funny way of, Timing things. Yeah. <laughs> well, gosh. I, I didn't run. Mean, I didn't run away. Very I, proud I, of well, you. you know what? So here's <laughs> what I have to say to you. Everything that I have asked you to do since I've met you and asked you to be on the podcast has been way outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Every single thing. And you've. I'm just going to say that I'm going to look at it from the standpoint of I have incredible gratitude for your trust. Thank you. Because you wouldn't do it if you didn't trust me on some level. True. Yeah, I do. So, you know, that's and I thank something... you. And I have gratitude for you, like, holding the space and mm-hmm. being someone that I feel safe and trusted with. It's what drives me to keep doing this podcast. It's what drives me to keep doing these interviews and to get people to be able to say yes. And after their first pod, you know, they've never done a podcast before to come away from that going, you know, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being able to be here. And, you know, we don't always talk about easy stuff. It can be hard, heavy stuff. But I think there's a lot of people out there who listen to these things because, they need to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. I spent a very long portion of my last couple of years convinced absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that nobody else was thinking the same way I was thinking or feeling the same way I was feeling or, you know, whatever it was. And I couldn't have been farther from the truth because there are always people who need to hear what you're experiencing because <clears throat> then they can go, oh, I I'm going through the same thing. And it's so nice to know that there are other people out there too, that have gone through a similar situation. So, you know, it's, you never know who you're impacting. That's for sure. That's, that's right. correct. Well, and Jenna, I think that you totally embodied the I'm afraid and brave. 
today. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take all the compliments you want to give me. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. I know this was not necessarily a light and um, springy topic, but I still think it's one that's really important because as women, we really need to give ourselves the space to be able to share and talk about our emotions and not to internalize them and stuff them down and Mm -hmm. carry all that weight around. For those of you out there listening, if you are looking for some resources, I'm going to tell you to check out Mel Robbins. Her audio book on Audible is called Take Control of Your Life. It can be a life changer for you. The Mindset book by Carol Dweck is really great as well. And if you feel that you really need help, that there are people out there to help you and that it's okay to ask for help. So thank you for joining us again today. And we will see you next month for another episode of Topic Talk.